your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra. Extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Good morning, listeners. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, this this Jim the Keys bartender trying to figure out if it's still morning or not. How are you today? I'm doing good. Good. I um, we're um, I want to talk about a little routine I normally go through on my Tuesdays. It's one of my days off, and my routine is to get up in the morning, usually right around the time my daughter gets up, daughter and wife get up to go to school. Sometimes I drive her to school. Sometimes the wife drives her to school. But then I go out and make coffee, into the kitchen and make coffee, and listen to the news. Now, the news isn't always the best thing for everyone in the morning, because you know what the news leads with. It usually leads with bad stuff. And you got to be really fit to be able, mentally fit, mentally capable to handle that without ruining your day. So today I did it, and um, during the night I had a difficulty sleeping. I had, uh, I don't know what I ate yesterday that kind of bothered me a bit. You know the thing where you're not really sick, but you're not feeling your best, and the same thing. Uh, happened to me last night. I'm waking up throughout the night. Small discomforts. Small discomforts. Where you really can't point your finger, put your finger on it. And not getting the best night's sleep that I need. And I discussed this previously. That for me, I am... I bought into the idea that getting enough sleep actually alleviates a lot of the discomfort and problems that I have. So last night I didn't do it. And we had plans for today. I had plans for today. And plans, I like to go to a meeting, go to my 12-step program at 7 a.m. I know, for bartenders, kind of fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what I like to do. It gives me perspective on the day. And when I don't feel like going, I know I got to go. Same thing with the gym. So I was planning on doing that. 
going to the gym, working out. The wife had a Zoom call with her doctor and she wanted me on it. And it makes sense because I wanted to listen to it to get the same information she had. It's for um, a procedure that uh, it, it, it's looking pretty good for her. So it's not, it's not some uh, bad stuff. But in between that, having to do that, the wife was coming back and her car stalls on the road. And she tells me this in the morning. So we got to change up our plans for today. Besides, you know, normally we meet up at the gym. She drops the daughter off at school sometimes and then comes back, which is less than a mile away. She goes and works out for an hour, hour and a half, and then gets ready for work. I work Tuesdays my day off, and I work out for an hour and a half, two hours, and then I go home and do this. Well, we had planned for an 8.30 Zoom call, so I was going to work out for a short time, then take a break, and then work out some more. But because of the problem with the car, we had to go and alleviate the, um, you know, we had to go and make an appointment for a uh, for the garage. And then we had to figure out how everyone's going to get, and I have to go and drive her to, to work, and then come home, and then drive back and pick her up, which... It's not a big deal, but when it's around 20, a little over 20 miles away, it's, it's a, an extra task. And what happens when people don't get plans going the way they want, the plans they have doing, you know, the car, the driving, uh, the daughter needed a, uh, a, a medical clearance test for her sports, and it expired today, so she can't go to her team practice until she has an appointment in the morning with her school nurse to give her kind of a brief rundown. So all these things, and there's other things going on besides the lack of sleep and this, and we have other issues. We just finished doing our taxes and there were some discrepancies on whether we had to write paperwork and things like that. And I have a, um, Outstanding issue with not having been paid a refund from the year before. They still haven't paid my refund from the year before. But I filed my new tax. I just filed my new taxes yesterday. I'm using the account this time. And we had to get some extra documentation to her today or get aware of it to our accountant. So on the surface, it seems like nothing was really going the way I wanted to on my day off. And that was an easy way to blame, you know, you're having stomach issues, not sleeping. Uh, We have a doctor's appointment, which was scheduled. So that was another doctor's appointment, a garage, take the car to the garage uh, and whatever. And it's easy. It's easy to get disgruntled when things don't go as planned. And it seems things seem to be working out against. But... I realize that getting upset about something, about my plans, is doesn't help me, doesn't serve me, doesn't do anything to enhance my life. So it's, I've heard these, we've heard this before, it's like, you cannot stop things that happen in your life. You win some, you lose some. 
Sometimes you get some good news. Sometimes you get bad news. Uh, you can view what's going on around you, whatever it is, whether it's locally, in your family, or in your town, or nationally or worldwide. You could get. It's easy to get in a rut, in that rut of being in a in a rut of displeasure and annoyance. You think nothing's going your way. And then you start, at least what I started thinking this time, is all I have to do is think about how should I react to it. And if I don't react to it poorly, I'm alleviating some of the symptoms that make it bad. Just like the lack of sleep. All I have to do is take a nap. Right? Or we have all these things to do and I'm driving Abby to work. I said, we can have breakfast together before she goes into work. She didn't have to be in work for another 45 minutes and we were driving in. So I said, let's have breakfast together. I'm not telling you these things to say, hey, check it out. Check how great a guy Jim is. I'm telling you this because this is a recent discovery for me at 58 years old. I... I mean, actually, I started discovering that in my 40s, but I never really thought about it that much, that why get worked up about, why relive an incident that irks you or bothers you, annoys you? Why relive those things? Why not when something happens where you're waiting? Let's say you're waiting at the, uh, I, I use this example several times, but you're waiting at the 10 items or less checkout and there's someone in with 20 items in front of you. And it's easy to say, well, will you motherfucker, that's clearly 20 items. And this is the 10 items less. Well, I can say, I can think of my head instead of saying, you motherfucker, I can say, hey, thank you for doing that. And be, no, I won't say it to them directly, but I'm saying in my head, thank you for doing that because you're teaching me patience. And I don't know. I don't always know, and people explain this to you, I don't know whether that person was invited there to that 10 item or there could be no one there and said, come on, bring it up here. I need some business. So all these things are learning opportunities. Learning opportunities. And I have to remember this, especially when I'm losing my shit. It's easy for me to lose my shit for for concentrating on the things that aren't necessarily going my way. I had to learn that at work. With bartending. I mean, I'm a bartender. So what do bartenders do? We make drinks and we serve people. And generally, we try to do it in a happy manner, happy upbeat manner, I think. And I had to get back to core and say, this is what I have to do. And then some people like to come in late. Some people come in late. And why why would I treat anybody differently if they came in right at the time the kitchen closes or an hour and a half before or two hours before? 
person coming in, I may have to say to them if they're coming in right at the time the kitchen closes, hey, listen, you're going to have to hurry up. I'm going to have to tell the kitchen not to close. So we want to make sure you get you fed if you're interested in eating. But do it in a nice way and say, hey, listen, you know, we normally close the kitchen at nine weekdays or 10 on the weekend. So, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll keep it open. We want to make sure you get fed. And instead of getting worked up, I have this issue with people that hang out at the end of the night. And they're just talking and they're oblivious to the discomfort of the workers thinking, well, you know, there's only two of you and uh, there's, you know, there's about eight of us waiting to go home. So if you could just wrap up that conversation and that one inch of drink you have left, we can just wrap this up. Or I can just say, hey, can I get you anything else? Um, can I close your tab? We're going to be going pretty soon. And I say that nicely. You don't have to rush. I just want to make sure to see if you want to get anything else and then I'll close out your tab. And people seem to be a little more receptive to things like that. They can take, they can check your vibe. They know your vibe when you're coming up. Just like when you're in, in line at the supermarket, right? When you're ready to give your order and you're looking around, people always get the vibe. Like if you're at a store, if you're looking around left and right, you could be looking around for a salesperson. Or you could be looking around to see if there's security personnel or so you could, you know, take some clothes. Who knows? But there's all sorts of nonverbal cues. Gotta watch out. And those nonverbal cues for me, I mean, I I see people making the nonverbal cues, but I I think when I start manifesting nonverbal cues, when I start asking acting exasperated, when I sigh. What the fuck are they doing here now? Then go, hey, great. They're here now. Just say it that way. What purpose does it serve? Me showing displeasure. And me manifesting displeasure in myself. I'm not talking about manifesting like a fake thing. We know how it is when you get all pissed off. We heard the joke about a guy who breaks down on a rural road and he just sees one house and he's manufacturing a conversation. He goes, oh man, I got to get, I got a flat tire, I got but I don't have a jack. I better go and get a jack and um, I'll go up to this house to even get a hold of a jack and things like that. And the person starts producing the conversation, forecasting a conversation He's going, well, they're probably not going to be home when they come up there. Or if they are home, they're not going to have a a jack. Or if they do have a jack, they're going to be uh, reluctant to give it to me because I'm a stranger. Or they may not, you know, all sorts of things could happen. And then finally, the person's so worked up when they get to the door, they're knocked on the door. And then the person answers the door and the person says, oh, fuck you. And you, you can stick that jack up your ass. Because that person already manufactured all those issues that aren't there or haven't arrived yet. So any situation that's going on, any negative situation, 
We can choose to look at it negatively or can we look at it as a lesson to learn? Or lesson to cope? And say, well, we have a, uh, we have a problem with a vehicle. We have time. We can go, maybe we can fix it out. Fix it up. I'm not the most handy man in the world, but I'm also not completely helpless. I know how to do some electrical work. I know how to do some um, plumbing, some carpentry, some mechanical stuff. I've changed a couple belts in my life and uh, put in alternators, but I mean, don't have alternators anymore or distributor caps. I mean, they do have alternators, I guess. But it's not every every news we get, every bit of news we get, isn't have doesn't have to be dire. There are some really bad news to have when someone passes away horribly and things like that. But there are always the possibility of silver linings. There was a great movie from uh, 2010. Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, Robert De Niro, uh, Chris Tucker on that Australian woman. Forget who, who she is. But it's, it's all about how in going through life, when you look at something you have to surmount, difficulties you have to surmount. How do you view those? Do you view them as a barrier to your happiness or your progress or your satisfaction? Or do you view them as an opportunity to excel? Or what can we do? What can we do to alleviate this? What What's the situation? Do we have to do any? First, do we have to do anything? Right? We have these discussions at home. It's like sometimes people manufacture things. We manufacture the difficulty that's in our life and the, by the way we view it. The neighbor parks a little over the property line every so often. We can get annoyed by it or ignore it. Right? If you're one, if you're so OCD about your yard, then that could probably be an issue for you. But you can choose. You can choose what is going to upset you. Some people get upset by things that happen. They see it reminds of something else. It represents something. If they hear some children shouting in the neighborhood, that could trigger some response where they have already a negative feeling about it. This past weekend, I... If I do recall, it was a night I got home. It was um, Saturday night. One of the neighbors, the girl's a junior in high school. It looked like she had a party down the street. And it was just, we don't have big driveways in the Keys. Some places do have big driveways, but real estate is really expensive. So you don't really see it that often. People with room to park 20 cars. Since a tiny bit of land is so expensive. So after each car, I'm thinking in my head, I said, oh my God, that's so disrespectful. People parking on your lawn when they don't even know who you are. 
But it's really not the lawn they're parking on. They're parking on a common use land, land that's outside their fencing. We have a tendency sometimes to think things are ours just because we cut the lawn or sweep up. It's not ours. It's it's the communities. The road is the communities. So when someone puts uh, a uh, basketball net down here, just like in thousands of communities across the United States, you get those basketball uh nets that are on wheels and people set them up on their roads on their house well a lot of neighborhoods you know especially a neighborhood on a dead end you don't get a lot of traffic so you got the basketball and some people put the court there and you get bouncing and do all this stuff you put in your driveway but in key largo people put it in the middle of the road sometimes not exactly in the middle road but on the road and you're driving up an intersection with a decent amount of traffic a residential neighborhood, but a decent amount of traffic. And you see a basketball net. You go, what the hell are they doing there? Well, that's the only place they can put it. Right? That was the only place they put it. That is not the place they put it to... Uh, they did not put it in the road to annoy me. They didn't do it to ruin the progress of people that are driving down the road. They did it in order to put a basketball in that there so the kid can play out there and he doesn't have to go two miles south to the park every time he wants to shoot a couple baskets. And he just stopped shooting the ball when, you know, there's rarely a time where people are still playing. I've never seen anything where they play and don't get out of the way of the road. So why get upset? And that's the thing I've been thinking about. And I know if I talk about it, it makes me beholden to the idea that I don't have to feel that way. I am definitely a person with their feelings right on the surface sometimes. And sometimes I would view it as, well, maybe I have too much caffeine. Why am I so sensitive with this? Does it have to be this way? I have these anger issues. And the anger arises from me making a, taking a particular incident personal and wrapping it up in my sensibilities and making it personal and more personal, internalizing and internalizing and then getting angry at. And that may be the function everyone else has. But I know that I know that's a function I have. That's the way I operate. Sometimes I would get last week I got depressed. I said, man, I only did one episode last week. Why the hell would I do one episode last week? For the podcast. I have regular listeners. I'm Sean, thank you for sending notice and uh, th- you know congratulating me on 600 episode. Um, But there's real issues out there where people have serious problems that are not easily um, dealt with by using that kind of attitude and saying, hey, it could be worse. 
just recently we found out, I'm going to talk about something that's not on this subject, but it is, it just shows you what, how bad it can get. Just think of Ukraine. They just, the Russians just pulled out of town. They found a bunch of civilian dead. They found mass burial places. Those people have serious problems. And to tell them not to worry about that would be the height of incredulity. Like disconnection, saying, what do you mean you don't feel that way? That's horrible. That's the worst thing. Losing your life, losing the life of a loved one, of people you you are close to, is the worst thing in the world. So anything under that, when you, we turn on the news and say, well, at least that's not happening. At least, you know, when you watch turn the news on in the morning, you see a car fire in the middle of the interstate. And you think, well, that could have been me. That changes your day. Or all the things that happened today could have been things I could have tried to do tomorrow. And tomorrow would have been the worst thing in a day in the world for me. Because I work a double. Start early. You know, and then, you know, have to run around, take care of the stuff, wait for phone calls. I'm not spiritually fit to be able to handle that stuff. But on a day like today where these things happened, I can start thinking, besides individual things that they're not that bad, each one is not that bad, I can think, wow, it happened on a Tuesday where I'm not obligated to be anywhere at, the, at this time. And so what if I have to go, you know, I'm leaving the wife's car overnight at the garage or two nights. I work right around from uh, my place of work. I can walk into work. Uh, Friday's the next time I really need the car to go down to 10 miles south to teach my spin class. Yeah, Thursday I might not be able to go to the gym, so I'll miss gym this week, my weightlifting this week. You know, the weightlifting is the thing I do to alleviate mental stress. If I get worked up about not weightlifting or not working up, and I get stressed about it, I'm using the thing that I cope use to cope with my stress to create stress. When I say, hey, listen, I'm not able to do it because I have obligations today. And maybe this week is a day week I should try to do some other exercises. Maybe do some calisthenics, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups at home. There's all sorts of things I can do. And I can just be thankful for it. And they have the extra time today and they say, listen, Abby said, hey, maybe we should go to bed at 10 o'clock tonight to get some sleep. And that doesn't always help me because just because I go to bed early doesn't mean I stay in bed. I got the, uh, you know, late 50s year old man have to wake up in the middle of the night got a pee syndrome. If I can get straight seven hours sleep, that's good. Seven and a half, half is better. Eight hours is optimum. Am I going to get that? I don't know. I'm going to try to, when I'm done this show, I'm going to try to do a little meditation and, uh, and nap. 
because I have that opportunity. But I knew I had to do the podcasting because I wanted it. Oh, this is my journaling. And I know I don't know if it's helpful to anybody. All I know it's helpful to me. And if I can impart one of the things I cope with, people ask me, "How do you?" Um, they, they when they come into work and they see me and they look at me and find out I'm a fitness instructor and they, get, they start telling me their fitness routine and what what they're planning on doing and I go and say to them, "Listen, I'm not an expert." In fitness, I know spin, and I know how to work out this body. When I touch my chest, I, this body here, I know how my body reacts to exercise, and sleep, and nutrition, and I know how it feels at this certain age. Now, what you need to do is find someone who's well versed in human physiology. Fitness instructor, not just a regular fitness instructor. I always said this to people. This is I'm going off point, but being on point. They don't know your body. If you've been working out for a long time, you know how your body reacts to working out and how it recovers and what it hurts and what joints hurt, muscles hurt, and things like that. You're the expert on working out your body. Now, you do need an expert to teach you how to do those things, but you know what's uncomfortable. And generally, you want to get something that's well-rounded, not one thing. And most fitness instructors are pretty good about that. And the ones I say, listen, fortunately, when you come to the place I work, almost everyone who is a trainer has a college degree in that. I don't have a college degree in that, so I'm not, I'm not going to give you advice on how to work out. I can tell you what I do. But maybe you should do what you do. As goes with that, how you, you know, you know how to work the operating manual for your body. How about the operating manual for your mental uh, well-being and spiritual well-being? You're the expert on that. Yeah, it helps to talk it out sometimes when you're not aware of it. If you're not in touch yourself, you don't listen to yourself, you know, you're not aware of your anger issues or your passive aggressive issues or your shyness or your irritability. Sometimes it's really good to see somebody. So you can you can bring these things to light, but you got to be careful. Our closest confidants sometimes aren't aware of what really is going on. And it could be really facile about, oh, this is your problem. This is your problem. And they'll just point, you know, people are pointing, they try to fix things and stuff like that. You're, you're the master of being able to fix this human vessel that you live in. The human vessel. So, I'm learning this stuff as I go along. But every so often I'm able to really cope well. And not overplay or overemphasize something that happened and make it more than it is. And make it more than it is. And I'm talking more of the negative things that negatively impact 
life and satisfaction. It's not always about making yourself happy. It's sometimes alleviating suffering. And suffering, we, we, the most suffering that goes on in humans, the way I see it, for what it's worth, is things we put ourselves through. It's what we put ourselves through. And uh, I believe that's a bar topic. Because people come in with all sorts of states of mind. And they unload sometimes. And when, when sometimes it's so bad, I just say, I see it. It sounds very difficult. Did you ever try this? Do you ever think about doing that? Do you know there's a possibility of doing this? You know, did you ever try to, you know, when you're feeling really depressed, my go-to thing is, did you try to do something different with your life? When you're depressed, get up and take a walk, admire something. Is there something you really enjoy doing that isn't, too negative. <laughs> like taking a walk, just looking at the ocean, going for a walk, floating in your pool. Try it sometime. Well, I'm beating a dead horse right now. Enough metaphors. Uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'm, I'm hoping that our friends in the Ukraine are doing well. And... Uh, we hope that conflict ends quickly. You know how, I know how serious that is. But just because you're not going through the same thing other people do, doesn't mean you can't change your life either. For the better. Those poor people over in Ukraine are just fighting for survival. But then again, you're fighting for survival, aren't you? Or trying to be somewhat happy. This is Jim the Keys bartender. I'll be back uh, probably Thursday. I'll talk to you later. Let me play this music out. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the great resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious 
extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. 